Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my left, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my right, g Dub himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. Uh, we're uh, a little riled up. We were talking about some video games before the show started, and uh, I was just getting mad at people having to climb a little time. You know, so Garrett, <laughs> Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, I'm going to put this out there. What game past 2016? 2017 i don't even give them those 2017 that has a big open world like that did you not even put in fast travel that, yeah that i mean game, they do sort of planet to planet <laughs> but not on the actual <laughs> you, like i know you have to get back on the fucking ship, like even even super travel. mario odyssey has fast travel like and it, i know i that's if that's the thing I, i'm telling you about this hogwarts game even though i find how they're talking to each other in dialogue scenes is very boring. I think it's the only knock I have against that game so far. Um, the exploring is fantastic. And because uh, you got fast travel, or if I want to go fast travel but slower, I got a, a broom and then I got a hippogriff, or I could walk. So you, you choose. Are, are you saying that uh, kind of like Red Redemption 2, where you just hold X on the horse and you try? <laughs> You actually can and before you unlock fast travel. You actually could uh, on the broom click a button and it just keeps going fast. So sometimes oh, I do that. I just point in the right direction. I'm like, all right, and then I put the controller down. And I go get something. And I come back. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're there. That's awesome. Wednesday Comics Podcast. Uh, Today the comics coming off this week, the uh, week of May first and May. Nope, May second and May third. Uh, I thought today was May Day, but that was yesterday. Um. I, you know what happened on May Day, Alex? And I'm going to say, I was calling for a distress call. I'm surprised you guys didn't feel it in the force. Uh, not you, Alex, because you obviously don't believe in that, but uh, Gary, <laughs> at the very least. Okay, okay. But I came home, and I was like, oh, i got to use the restroom. So I went in there, and uh, it was a sitting motion, and I was sitting, and I hear this buzzing. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And like, yeah, I could only hear it if I like leaned back against the back. And I was like, is this the, my toilet? Like, is it making a weird noise? Is it going to explode? Is it like a pressure thing? Like, what's going on here? And then I leaned forward and it would stop. And I go, oh, is that like, uh, like, is it stressing out or something? Like, is it like something that supports the weight breaking and it's making that weird noise? I did it again. And it started buzzing. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? So anyways, I finished up in there, you know. Um, and I I leave because I was like, I don't hear the, bu- uh, the, the uh, buzzing anymore. So I leave the bathroom. And then I get a... I uh, g- get out of the bathroom. I hear buzzing. I'm like, what the fuck? I look around. I was like, oh, nothing. I don't see anything. I buzzing, buzzing. I go, oh, okay. And then it stopped. And then I went downstairs. Um, I like went to sit down in my chair, buzzing. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> I don't know why at any of these points. I'm not, I, nothing, like there's not even a hint of what's going on that I even think of. I just like totally, I just hear it listen for it, and then just choose to ignore it. Um, and then my wife was like, hey, can you stop by the grocery store and get a couple things? So I go out to the car, and I sit in the car, and I turn it on, and then after a couple seconds, buzzing. I say, what the fuck? <laughs> but this time, along with the buzzing, I feel a crawling on my back. <gasps> and I had a, a windbreaker on and also a T-shirt, and... So I was like, "Oh, I know what's happening." <laughs> and I get out of the fucking ca- bee. I get out of the car and I take off my windbreaker and I like shake it. Uh, my shirt is tucked in, 
Um, and <laughs> I could still feel it. I go, oh, it's all the way in. <laughs> so I go back. I right like, in the crack. I don't know why. Like in this, in this moment, I'm just like trying to comprehend how you get out of this situation. Like what's the best thing to do? Take off my shirt? Do I just like reach in there? Do I sit against the, the back of the chair really hard and try to smash this thing? Like what am I going to do? So I throw my windbreaker on the passenger seat, get back into the car. And and I sit down and I kind of like a little bit press my back against the uh, chair, like the bottom. So hopefully that like if he, but very slowly, because hopefully if he's in there, that makes, that means he can, is going up to avoid getting smashed. And I look at my shirt and I see it on my shoulder and I go and I grab it and I squish it. Uh, and that was the end of that. And it was a bee. Uh, Damn. So this bee. That I've been hearing. It's on you for like hours, dude. Or yeah. At least an and hour. before I, like, right before I grabbed it when I was doing the pressing thing, uh, I did feel some pressure on my shoulder. So I don't know if it bit me or if it stung me. Um, dude. And it hurts every once in a while, but it doesn't hurt uh, consistently enough that I think I, like, got stung and I'm having a reaction to it. You almost got, like, slow Macaulay Culkin <laughs> to death. <laughs> like the slow version of bee death. Yeah, and it, before anybody says anything, wow. because this came up in, in conversation uh, with a coworker when I told this story, uh, and they're like, "Hey, you're supposed to save the bees," and I said, "Only honeybees. Like that's what we're looking out for because they're pollinating, obviously." And she's like, "Don't all bees make honey?" And I said, "I like, no, they don't." So I looked it up, and I was correct. Actually, most bees don't make honey because most bees, only bees that live in a hive, that have to provide. For the queen and the queen's droplets, <laughs> droplets, eggs, <laughs> um, babies, uh, hoard food like that and make their own kind of storage center. If they're solitary bees and they're by themselves, which actually a majority of bees don't belong to a hive, uh, then they don't uh, pollinate. They don't make uh, honey. So, Well, that would be sad. But there's millions of bees, so I think you can let one go. And plus, this fucker came at me. So Yeah. I didn't he was stalking you, man. I didn't invade his house. You. He basically <laughs> I basically got assaulted by this guy. He was trying to make you his home. So Yeah. yeah. He's like, This is my queen now. And he was getting mad at me for, you know, using the restroom and trying to get a little seat and sit. Like, I'm not gonna take that. So the guy had to die. He had it coming. And, Let's uh, say, to be fair, he, he ruined your personal time. So fuck him and fuck his family. I kind of did this thing though, where I grabbed it quick and like and smashed it with my hand, and then I opened it to look at it, and I could see that it was lifeless. Uh, so it is dead. Well, I don't did, have any did you feel? Did you feel like uh, when Daniel Russo killed that mosquito? Or did uh, you just feel like power? Like I don't know. There wasn't much. There it. wasn't much room for him to go because he was underneath my shirt, and so. Uh, I, I felt like I had an unfair advantage, and I'm going to say that. Let's give props to the bee. Uh, but what I was going to say is I smashed it with my fist, and I kind of opened it to look at it, and I could see that it was dead long enough before because I noticed that it wasn't holding my hand like the right way that you should hold something if you don't want to drop it. My hand was like sideways, and so it fell between the crack of my uh, console and my chair. Um, so I have not verified the kill. I assume there's no way you can be smashed in that that way and come back as a bee. 
but Dude, you're gonna have a bee like going five to ten inches up and down coming at you it's just like he may be down there <laughs> trying to come back to life who knows yeah a queen's gonna find him and they're like let's get this mother it's gonna be driving one day he's gonna <laughs> hear, hear some buzzing you know yeah that is crazy though man that makes me if someone like posed that question to me and I was like, "Hey, you shouldn't kill bees because blah blah blah." If that was a snake, I'd be like, "Kill them all." <laughs> well, <laughs> because if they were like endangered, I'd be like, "That sucks, kill them all." That's the thing too is like, I'm not afraid when I see a bee. I'm always like, "Oh, it's a bee." Even if it's like a wasp, it's like you can, unless like you're by some sort of nest or the nest is irritated and stuff like that. But if you see a solitary one, like there's not really that much danger of it getting on you because you can eye it and just keep an eye on it. Right, I'm not really that super scared of them. Um, but when you have one on you like that, and it's stuck in like something where obviously he wants to leave, he doesn't want to be in there, and I want him to leave, but obviously there's something stopping him from leaving, especially since my shirt was tucked in. Um, then it's just like you're just an invader now. So anything that's that close, gotta die. So if it's a snake. Take its head off. I don't want to afraid of snakes, but if one was all of a sudden inside my shirt without me knowing, <laughs> oh, I die of a heart attack. And then it like came up, and you, I was sitting on the toilet, and I could just feel it on my back, and I was like, "What's that?" You know, my only advantage against a snake is range. If it gets close quarters, I lose. I'm dead. Let's play it at close quarters. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about some books later today that. Uh, um, kind of are very closely related, unbeknownst to anybody. Uh, there's a couple characters who showed up in both of them, um, and it was very, uh, what would you say, coincidental. Uh, the universe is uh, aligned to make that happen. You guys might not even know what I'm talking about, but uh, there were a couple things that were the same uh, in both of our books that we'll talk about later. Streets of Gotham number three and Danger Street number one. Uh, but before we get there, um, I don't know if there's any uh, entertainment news. Gardens comes out this week. Oh yeah, oh, that's and it. free comic book day. Uh, add him. Where the fuck is the button? They changed all this shit. How do we add somebody now? It's like the weirdest way. Oh, there it is. People. You know what's funny about this too? It's like at first I thought that, it, or actually it did for the longest time. It was. When I go to invite somebody to uh, join the call with us, it will put whoever I pick the most at the very top. Makes sense, right? Uh, guest host one. How may I help you this evening? Corey, one second. I'm telling a story. Um, and it would put Corey at the top always. So like, I would pop it open to invite him, and I can click on call right away. And they went to some sort of arrangement now, which I don't even get at all. Because sometimes Corey is like three down. Sometimes he is like ten down. He's just It's always random. And I never know who's going to be at the top of the list. And uh, I always, always, always click somebody else. So you may get somebody else instead of Corey one day. And we'll be sad, Corey. We'll be sad. We won't hear the, you know, the king of Hollywood over there. Obviously, It'll be hashtag guest host too. Yeah. Guest host too. And, uh, you know, the not not Hollywood, the king of entertainment over there in the entertainment capital of the world. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, a new place soon. I, I heard from the grapevine. I'm not going to tell you where. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I heard uh, that got censored somewhere. So I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully it did. <laughs> you know, Corey? Huh? I would. 
I would uh, go to court and uh, uh, under oath say that I took it out, but I, I really don't remember. Okay. Either okay. way, the repercussion rep center. Safe. Yeah, you're safe. Nothing's happened. Uh, that rumor of you not staying in the entertainment capital of the world uh, is false, uh, to my recollection. So, uh, Corey, we called you. Uh, a movie's coming out this week, Guardians Three. Oh yeah. And uh, so you're probably going to see it uh, in your current location and not the future location. Um, <laughs> The only location, yeah. The only one, yeah. And uh, I was curious. First off, what theater? What now? What theater? What chain are we going to for this? We're going to the show place, Icon. Show place, Icon. Man. Oh, yeah. Did you only go to like the AMC once or? I've gone to the South Hill, yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, I thought for a while you were an AMC guy. Uh, now you're just going. That's. I think, this is, is this the second or third movie you've seen at this theater? Oh, this is where I've seen the majority of them. You know, you can only see Nicole Kidman on the screen so many times in that empty movie theater all by herself. And I'm just like, I can't. Yeah. So. If you fill up the movie theater, she can't film that commercial anymore. So. Yeah. Right. So. And it's only like 10 minutes away from me. So that's oh, also okay. the other part. So this movie, uh, doing pretty well ratings-wise, review-wise. So I don't think we have to worry about that. Um, but now that we are closer, remember we had that bet about who was going to die. Um, and, uh, obviously people are saying, and Alex, I know by me saying this, you're ready to call bullshit, and, but that's why you're here. Obviously the bullshit detector, Alex was strong. Um, but I've seen people on Twitter being like super sad movie. Oh my God. I couldn't take it. It kept crying. Somebody said like, this is the, um, darkest movie that Marvel's put out so far. And I just want to be like, what I, I think we talked about this last week. At a certain point, temper those expectations. <laughs> I mean, People say, I've heard reviews say that there's glimmers of it that remind you of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, and that makes you happy because otherwise it would be just okay. <laughs> there's some parts that make you think of Volume 1, which was very good, and then otherwise, I don't know what else I heard. I, I did see, and I was thinking about today, James Gunn directing this film, possibly the last Marvel film he'll, film he'll direct. Um, possibly, for sure, because <laughs> he has a different position now uh, over DC. He's not just directing some of their stuff. Uh, he's obviously the head of it all. Why would he direct a Marvel movie? But uh, um, I was thinking about, and uh, I saw on Twitter, he was uh, he's very active on calling people out on stuff if they say something in his comments. Um, and I did see that they've made 600 versions of this movie for the theatrical run. So that's like different languages, uh, 4k versions, 3d versions, IMAX, like the whole thing is shot at an IMAX. Not, it's like made for IMAX. Um, I saw on like every version you could think of there's six, they said they made 600 versions. Wow. And I'm going to pose this question to you. Corey, when are we going to get the 600 version cut? How many Blu-rays is that, do you think? I don't know, you know? It's like you got volume one, two, three, four, add infinitum to 600. I think, uh, because I do have Blade Runner Runner, the final cut, and each cut's its own disc. I think you need a 600 disc. I don't think it's going to work out, so... (laughs) 
Yeah. Alex, I just realized you've been asking us about Free Comic Day because it's this week. <laughs> it literally just made sense to me right now in this moment. Um, and I just want to say, then it makes sense that Cora Garrett was like, we could talk about it. Um, I was like, what are we going to talk about? It's not for like two months. Um, I honestly thought that. In my head, it was like, it's too much from now. Wow. You don't remember... The one, like one of the times of the year that we bro out. Listen, I know you both don't live here morning. anymore, but it's been pretty fucking cold. You know, it doesn't seem like it's May. <laughs> it's always that. Yeah, it's been, well, it's cold every year. We did that too. You just so wait for that shade. Yeah, the shade to come back every inch, every couple minutes. But free comic book day, it's not really that big of a deal as it used to be in terms of like them putting out exclusive content that you would have to go and get the free comic book. Uh, it's more of a local sales thing like our friends over at RainbowComicsAndCards.com. Uh, located in Sioux Falls and Lincoln, Nebraska, go to RainbowComicsAndCards.com for more information. They will have a free comic book day sale, which is 50% off of most items um, comic-wise. There are some also sales on their other items, but I don't, those aren't half off. Um, and usually it's a good time to go back and like uh, get some uh, gaps in your runs. Or go back and get, like, maybe something older you've been waiting to get. Uh, and so I was going to pose this question to all, fo- all four of us. And I'll go last because uh, uh, even though I came up with the question, I didn't ever thought about it. I kept thinking about what you guys <laughs> were going to say. And I just realized <laughs> I never came up with an answer. But uh, and we'll start with Corey over here. If you had, I gave you a, a, a Amex Black. Uh, and I said, hey, there's no limit. What are you gonna go in there? What are you gonna go in there and get? Just What's anything the- and everything Spider-Man. I'm I'm taking everything from the store that has Spider-Man in any way, shape, or capacity. It's coming with me. Everything from the beginning to the end. Uh, the multiversal to the yeah, you got it. Which I did see they're doing Carnage like a Carnage uh, event right now, and I know that. Uh, Woody Harrelson depicted him uh, in your favorite adaptation of the of the comics. Um, and uh, would you, if they had a Woody Harrelson uh, tie-in comic, would you buy that? Um, I would buy it out of respect, and then I'd chuck it into the garbage can and burn it. Oh, <laughs> Garrett, what about you? At Rainbow specifically, or any comic shop in all the world? Well, I'm saying Rainbow specifically because we're brought to you by RainbowComicsAndCars.com, but let but we're saying that obviously we can't we can't know what their inventory is at this second. But I'm saying just imagine they had inventory of everything everywhere, and you have unlimited funds. Like, what's the thing that you would get if money was no object? Um. All of their old uh, Superman action comics comics. I think the la- the one of the earliest numbers I saw they had one in the thirties. Um, that'd be dope. Um, yeah, and just like Corey with Spider Man, probably all their Superman stuff. So some Batman, early Batman's and detectives too. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean. It is uh, camping season coming up here, so you're going to need some fire starter. And so act- uh, Superman number one from the New 52 is available, I bet. Agreed. Agreed. Buy it all for the lane. Burn the shit out of it. I, I wish you'd ask them. They probably have like five boxes of them in the back. So. <laughs> what about Superman year one? No, no you don't, no, you don't burn that. Marvin enjoys that. 
<laughs> that thing you put in a, a parachute. That thing you put into your museum, and you make them wander a wonder for the rest of time until man turns to ash, whether or not he was intentionally being funny, Frank Miller, or did he make Superman look like a fucking idiot the whole time because he hates them. That's going to be the age-old question. I, I hope that it's blocked by three fences you have to climb over to get to it. Yeah, obviously you can't touch it. It's going to be an item that you can't touch. So, um, You said something that, I wanted, uh, that made me think of a question for Corey, but I'll keep thinking about that. Alex, what do you think? What's your, what's your guess here? So uh, but the answer would be turtle stuff, but that's not even true. I would want to get Craven things, turtles stuff. Uh, honestly, I want to get Animal Man, New 52, that whole run, Swamp Thing, the New 52 run. Um, get Saga, replay, get more Saga by another set of 1 through uh, 62, 63. Give Gary your old set. So that both my kids can have a run when I'm dead. Oh. And then they can just burn it and go, I hate this shit, Dan. Why'd you buy all this? <laughs> yeah. Here's the, uh, here's the that Garrett needs. <laughs> Will, Will comes out. Uh, if you guys don't want this, give it to Garrett. Uh, if you burned it, that was your inheritance. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> oh, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, um, Corey, how many issues of Amazing Spider-Man do you own? Would you say? Are there like the the original? Um... So, I started collecting at five ninety five. So I believe they just celebrated. I don't know if they. I know they've done nine hundred. I don't think they've done a thousand. Pretty sure not. I don't know what the legacy number is right now. So about four hundred and five at least. But obviously, I have some runs of like, you know, there was a time there where I would get some of these classic issues. So like, I have the death of Gwen Stacy and spoilers, death of Green Goblin. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 32 is the earliest issue I own. Where are we so gonna yeah, go? I would say is I that mean, a first appearance know, of like someone? Around 450, I would say. What? Is that a first appearance of someone? Um, no, that's where uh, it's Doctor Octopus is the master planner. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, where he's lifting the. The thing homecoming alludes to. Oh, when he got crushed by that thing. He yeah, right. Come on, yeah. Come on, you can do it. Did you guys Come used to have one of those in school? Oh, a master planner? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but but Garrett, but for you, it's been harder to get action comics, like especially earlier issues, because they're like, obviously that goes way back to yeah, a, a farther time away than Spider-Man. Right, and you know they only made so many copies back in the day. So you know you think that there's all these uh, grandparents' attics that are full of action comics, and that's just not the case. Uh, well, that's because they, yeah, they were like ten cents. You got them off the rack, and then you read them, you threw them away. There was no dude, reason if, to think you would keep them. If I had a time machine and I could just go back and get action comics, oh my god, I would get two copies: one to financially sustain myself for the rest of my life, and then another Two copies. Bro, you could go back, go into the drugstore, and clear that rack for, Garrett, for two bucks. Garrett, I got a movie for you called Back to the Future Part 2 that points to that being a very, very bad Who knows? Garrett already did it, and that's why we're in the timeline that we're in. 
I know I you ha- created the paradox, dude. dude I have s- no fucking Biff. You You're screwed everything story. up. All right. No, I, I'm Biff. saying a different universe. You did that, and it knocked us in a different way. So, like, yeah, where's your cane? Would... Is it in your car? Yeah. By the way, I would if a long dream down the line would be I would love to fight a multiverse me. Go ahead. <laughs> Go head to head against a different, a, a version of me from a different world. Mm. God damn! If you ever want to know who Alex Pastrello is, that that sentence right there, I kind of want to fight an alternate re- version me of me is Alex Pastrello. Who who do you think you would win? Uh, it depends on which one I'm fighting. Am I fighting the one who stuck with working out and became a cop? Am I fighting the one oh, Al, who, it was who a went back question. in time and got go, amazing fantasy 15 and became a billionaire? You would just go me. Who would win? Me. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Their answer is I would. Mm. Me. I would probably, and just because it's like something, obviously you guys know, and sometimes to Alex's nightmares, know that I the, the actual physical issues – uh, don't mean anything to me the way they mean it to you guys, like having a collection. Um, and so I'll, you know, cheat them like trash. Um, but <laughs> I am, I am that kid back then throwing Asian comics number one in the trash. Um, who knows what I got in here that is ruined. Anyways, but back to the, fa- and I know people are going to be mad about that. I don't care. Um, <laughs> they're, they're stories. You're supposed to read them. Anyways. Uh, I would go back and then roll them up and give them to your dog because that's what you. I I just remember you fucking twisting and twisting and God, it just it probably was a shit issue of something. I bet you do that to something very important. I bet. Hey, hey, you know what? We know that song number one is safe. That's all that mattered. Yeah, that one. Everything else, shit. You know which one he fucking wrong? That Batman issue where he showed Wayne Tower burning. <laughs> <laughs> number three. Yeah. Number three. Yeah, who wants <laughs> Batman number three? God, I remember that day. Anyway, so day down in college. Gosh, I would Mark. go obviously not and look for something that's gonna like be worth anything. I'm gonna look for something I want to read that for some reason it's not collected anywhere. And I know a lot of the actually I think they might have rectified this recently, but I know a lot of the the Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Um, I was gonna say that. Is they they don't have that in print anymore. Like, yeah, it's not in print. So you have to actually go find issues. And I think <laughs> I think when I looked last, like they weren't even digitized anywhere. So like they did make a trade, but that's out of print too. So it's like 150 bucks for a trade that has like 20 some comics. So I would buy those. I like those characters. I'm really getting into like DC history recently. And um just like the because if it seems like to me, especially after that human target series that came out, um and there are characters who like in Marvel, like classic obscure kind of characters that I enjoy, but there's something about DC's flavor of, of obscure, like some random character that who the hell would know this unless they read comics. I think for some reason at DC, they seem more creative than those type of characters in Marvel. And uh, we can debate the big stars, but obscure, like sea level stars. I think DC has it way better than uh, Marvel does. I agree. Red Rocket, heard of him? Mephesto? Mephesto. <laughs> Metamorphose. <laughs> I think you got him mixed up there, dude. Uh, the Human Target, heard of him? So, like, things like that. It's just like... if, And I think that maybe comes back to um, DC, like, caring more about their legacy. At least that's always been their thing, legacy. 
versus Marvel, which seems to go back and forth on that a little bit. So, well, Corey, um, we won't see you for the Guardians three, but I am seeing it this week, so I'll let you know what I think too. Um, so obviously, spoiler free until everybody can get to it. I won't yeah. get to it till next week. Next week, bro. What a yeah, loser. because uh, he's gonna be to, in uh, the no, no, no. Patreon tier. Quit monopolizing his time. You know what? Sometimes you got responsibilities, and that includes picking up some people from certain train stations. So yeah. I gotta miss. They're this. going to Manana. The Sierra says that all the time. That's funny that you just said that. But I, oh yeah, because I hear a dashing lad is coming to pick up your dog to take care of it. Yeah, my dog Appa gets to hang out with his uncle for the weekend. How lucky he'll be. Damn. That, that does sound like a good time. Moving <laughs> yeah, to, I wouldn't know. Going to a new city. Hanging out with your favorite um, uncle. Redacted. Redacted. I mean, not redacted. That part's not redacted. Um, no, I mean, he, Appa's going to a new city. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. right. That's yeah, what I'm talking really? about. He's having fun yeah. with his uncle. He, what contract dispute? His uncle's going to give him a raw, rawhide, and he's going to get clogged <laughs> up, ready for Garrett. <laughs> and then Garrett has to be pulling shit out of his ass. So when he, uh, I've been doing that since I got him. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, call him, we call him shit fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it don't smell like chocolate, folks. <laughs> Uh, Corey, you want to give your sign off? (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying to calm down. Well, this is definitely not shit fingers. This is just signing off. Stay classy, San Francisco, and wash them hands. I call them flicker fingers. I've been doing it since I got me four years straight clean that ass course that's right like a fucking baby (laughs) but not really I don't know what that's like it's kind of (laughs) serious well I think we need to go over the forecast right Marvin Uh, yeah let's talk about the forecast (laughs) sorry I thought you guys were I got an email uh, from uh, from work and I was I got distracted uh, here work? We go. How do you see work emails this late? You gotta do what you gotta do. What was it? Oh, have you ever heard of being off the clock? I know. It, it, I literally wouldn't have seen it if I wasn't making your brother go away and I saw that <laughs> notification. Uh, Peacemaker tries hard, number one, for 17. It says here in the thing, 17 plus mature. It's black label, but it's also mature black label. Which... Oh. You're gonna see some dicks. Get some piece of wang. Having earned his release from the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker wants to try and do normal superhero stuff for a change. Unfortunately, everyone, including the bad guys, thinks he sucks at the superhero stuff. But when busting up a terrorist ring introduces Christopher Smith, Christopher Smith to the cutest everything to walk awkwardly on four legs, he finds that unconditional love he's been denied his whole life. That is until the dog is kidnapped right from under him by a supervillain who has some very unsuperheroic plans for Peacemaker's brand of ultraviolence. Will he will he help an infamously unstable superpower criminal steal the world's most valuable and dangerous DNA? Honestly, Christopher's pretty pretty lonely, so it probably just depends on how nicely you ask. So Kyle Starks 
and uh, Steve Pugh. Um, I saw a preview for this, and uh, not only did it look great because I love Steve's uh, art, um, but it was funny. And you know, Alex, when you get something that makes you laugh in a comic, you gotta you gotta pick it up. It's very hard. It made me think. I, I read the pre- I read the preview as well, and it made me think of the TV show. So can't wait. Alex, have you watched that yet? Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. We reviewed it on the show, man. You're right, we did. <laughs> yeah, just when I think your memory's in, on point, then you just say something like that. Listen, I had that much water today. It, hey. I, it had water right here. Hold on a second. Let me grab it. It's kind of yeah. far Mervin didn't realize that this week was free comic book day. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Because so. free comic book day is when, Marvin? First May and Saturday. Well, First May and Saturday. <laughs> All right, never mind. We're canceled. I, I'm just kidding. We're, we're getting off the air, folks. I'm not even kidding. That was not on purpose. <laughs> Wow. Okay, here we go. Uh, Star signs number one. Uh, Saladid Ahmed, uh, Megan Levins, Kellen and Fitzpatrick. Series premiere, the constellation of the Zodiac falls to Earth, granting 12 ordinary people from very different walks of life the superhero powers, superhuman powers of the star signs, but each one of them is about to learn that power always comes with a price. Alex, what do you think? Uh, so it kind of reminded me of uh, The Wicked and Divine. And I thought, you know what? That'd be a, if it's well written and done correctly, it could be really, really interesting. Or I also am a little concerned it could kind of get beaten down into we don't want to let these people be too overpowered, which is unfortunate. Just show me the power. Get me enticed. Let Taurus become a bull. And uh, I'll be super excited. It sounds fun. I think I'm going to give this a try. And- and see if it's the number one that I'm going to I just need to know, and, and hopefully this is brought up, Alex. How does the fish fight against uh, uh, Centaur? You know what? I hope to answer that question for you. All right. Hopefully, I'm hoping the person who gets Pisces um, just turns into a fish. That's the power. So. You know, I read the preview for that, and it did the thing, which you omitted, Marvin, but I saw it where it's like, it's like X Men meets some other bullshit. Oh yeah, I skipped that. And I was part. like, yeah. I know, and I was like, you know what? I can't even fucking stand regular X Men right now. No way am I getting on a X Men inspired comic book right now. And so, I want to know if it's Hero Season One or Hero Season Four. So, whatever is the shitty one is probably more accurate. Um, Batman One Thirty Two, also nine hundred legacy numbering. It's Batman versus Red Mask in a brutal Gotham that's never known hope. Can the Dark Knight overcome the terrifying infection that Red Mask has unleashed? Only one thing is certain. He won't do it alone. The conclusion to the best-selling The Batman of Gotham is so big it can only contain an oversized 900, uh, number 900 anniversary issue featuring the return of fan-favorite artist Jorge Jimenez and a wild collection of guest stars full of wild revelations and a new path for Batman. This is one issue you should not miss by our friend Zdarsky. And obviously you heard Jorge Jimenez, but also Mike Hawthorne and Mikhail Hanin. Mike Hawthorne, I think, uh, did a couple issues of Daredevil during the gaps of uh, when uh, our, our boy would actually be doing the art. Uh, and no, I didn't just say my boy, our boy because I forgot his name. Uh, Marco Cicchetto. Yep, Cicchetto. That's what I thought. 
Um, to sh- I think in a couple gaps that he had, I think Mark, Mark Hawthorne was one of the people who filled in one time. So, obviously, a working relationship there with Chip. We know that Jorge and uh, Hanina worked with him in the past. So, Aguirre, what do we think here? 900. Uh, I'm excited. However, I had to put this one because I was like looking at the list. And I'm like, man, I don't really, there's nothing that's like really ringing my bell. Um, but I don't know if you guys have caught up on Batman, but it's kind of like Bruce hanging out in an alternate earth as Batman. And I'm like, I don't know, for some reason it just seems so small scale that I'm excited for this. Cause I'm like, all right, let's get our Bruce back to his normal earth and get in like, Give you some good chip Batman story. I'm not saying this is a bad story, but I'm like, okay, we're just recovering ground of Bruce becoming Batman in an alternate Earth. I'm like, I would rather have Bruce in our world doing what he does best, or at least, you know, fighting a new threat. So I'm excited for it because I'm hoping the new direction post 900 uh, is a little more exciting. I'm sorry, Chip. Well, obviously, love your daredevil, but Batman so far has been like, come on, it's you, gritty street level Batman, need it. There we go, Batman. Um, by the Sadarsky. Um, I was gonna say something about this, and I totally spaced off on what Batman you're talking about, Chip Sadarsky alternate whatnot. I think it's gone. It's gone. It's too late. I just had to drink a water too, by the way. So I was trying to, you know, keep the memory alive, but it didn't work. Uh, it takes go. a little longer than one sip there, Mark. <laughs> Brought to you by RainbowComicsAndCars.com. As you heard earlier, that free comic book day, go there. Uh, and uh, hey, sprouse the wares, spread the money, and uh, get some of those comic books, you know. Get them right in your bags and bring them home and read them. <laughs> I don't know what that toad is, but that's pretty right it did sound pretty Taking aggressive. And for that, I apologize. What I meant to say is, yeah, put it in the bag, bring it home, and read it. Oh, that's <laughs> a few laughs. That sounds suspicious now. So I, I, I don't know the right tone to take with that phrase, but take it as you will. Uh, free comic book day uh, will be the this Saturday, um, and I believe Rainbow will have the sale as they always do that whole weekend so go to rainbowcomicsandcars.com for more information more information um speaking of comic books and let's get right into it uh we have a book club wednesday comics league of extraordinary gentle people proudly presents batman streets of gotham number three written by paul dini art by dustin Wynn. Boom. I mean, can we say best issue of the series so far? No. What? <laughs> no, not the not the best issue of the series so far. Out of the three? Out of the no, no. I honestly, honestly, for me, number one has still been the strongest. Where I felt like the what was going on was a threat. This one, we we get to see Victor's ass show up as he's talking to. Black Mask, because he helped him in the last issue not get hit by a car, even though he was clearly ran over. Um, the Hush storyline, I'm already getting kind of worn out. I get that the whole family is now on him, and they brought in all the other friends to keep an eye on Hush, so that anytime he wants to go spend the money, he has to get okay through a executive, quote-unquote. And all it is is the rest of the superhero group watching him, threatening to beat the living shit out of him if he gets out of hand. Hardcore, hardcore, man. Yeah. 
I, I enjoyed aspects of it, but also like, and this definitely is probably a symptom of of this book being um, probably at the time what fourth, fifth in the uh, the Batman book line. Um, that there are threads of the story that like totally disappear issue to issue, uh, like that for that girl who was in the first issue and that big part of the ending of it. I haven't seen since issue two, but also that, that character who was like clouding himself and he's not really talked about this whole issue at all either. And then the penguin shows up. I don't know where I don't remember the penguin in the first two issues unless I'm misremembering that too. Um, and, there. and then talking about how he's under black mass, uh, um, control right now. And he's, he's like basically, uh, his servant. I did enjoy that though, that he, uh, has to be calling him sir and stuff, black mask. So, but penguin, yeah, it just like there's obviously more going on. I'm sure at the time, detective and and I can't remember exactly. And I feel like there was like penguin had a big issue, a run in detective for a while. Um, I think I'm, I think I remember that correctly. But like, and I think we're gonna have Emperor Penguin uh, soon. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that's just a danger of just reading like a book this game. But I thought what I read was fine. It's just so like overall over the three issues, it's been so like, where's this story going? Like I don't understand. It keeps changing the trajectory of where I think the story's going to go, and not in terms of like, oh, I'm, that's surprising. You're still going towards the same goal, but you kind of changed my expectations of what's happening. This one here seems like there's like four stories going on, and and I don't know kind of what's the main thread here for these three issues. But otherwise, I think it's fine. But The part, the part I enjoyed the most was actually the Victor's Ev stuff. Right. And he does talk to Black Mask and is given the case and told, you spend this money on whatever you need to, um, but a look really does make the man. And when Black Mask asks him, uh, are you bleeding through his coat? And he pulled out saying, oh, you know, I, what was it, the valet? Who was it that he killed? Anyway, whoever he killed. He had put the new mark on his arm. Oh, no, he just saw a guy that had a good jacket, he said. That's right. He wanted the jacket. And then at the end of the issue, when he talks about the tailor, you know, the tailor worked so hard to make this outfit for me. I really do look fantastic. And I let him live long enough to finish it. And then you walk, see him walking away, having stabbed him with his own scissors. So I did enjoy that part. Yeah, I, I, I think I've said this since the beginning. It's just, like, refreshing having villains that aren't like commonly like in the books nowadays. Like I feel like they rotate between the same three all the time. And so seeing like a spotlight on Zaz and black mask is, is quite a bit, a lot of fun. And like even getting into Zaz's head when he has like those flashes, the like, I don't see you. I just see what I'm going to do to you. Terrifying. Uh, but I felt like, okay, now you guys are changing my perspective on this a little bit. Cause I do recall now, that Dick and Damien were being pretty whiny with the whole uh, hush bit. So I'm glad that's hopefully taken care of, but everything to do with the villains, this issue was great. It, it feels like to me that <clears throat> it's almost like I'm watching TV and somebody else has a remote and they just won't settle on a thing. And I keep seeing things that I'm interested in, but they skip past it. And so I don't see it again. So I just wish there was more consistency in what these books, like they seem like they want to be, their own thing and then also like have things obviously that are ongoing throughout these issues, but they never really settle on what's the main point. Cause you think you would think it'd be the hush thing, right? But there's been a lot about the black mask and where like how he has taken over Gotham. And I like how he's like, 
yeah, by your protection, I keep the bat away. And it's like, motherfucker, like, <laughs> like, um, the if bat, the bat wants it, he's going to get you. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he obviously is like going after you for a reason. It's not like you're keeping him away actively. But it, what I was thinking is just like, and like I saw all that stuff happen, and it's like, oh, is that the main story? And then like, we get the Zaz part where she was a big part of this issue. Um, and it's just like, is that the main part of this thing? Like it keeps changing every issue. And so, um, and like I said, I feel like that's a symptom of this book being one that probably is more of a glue holding together other stories for other books and telling those side stories versus as like having a main point to it. And it probably is the hush thing, but it doesn't really seem like there's enough going on there for it to be the main thing in a way. So, um, I think it's good though. The Dustin wins, uh, art. Um, I think this issue was uh, good. The coloring gets better and better each issue. Um, and I think the scenes have all have something good in them and they all have something where I'm like, yeah, like eventually I'm like, okay, well, what was the point of that? And then there's some stuff that you, like you said, you're like the black mask stuff. And as you said, Alex, um, the part was as like, you're like, oh, that was good too. But it's also, and then it's like, but I don't know. Well, like what, give me a point to hold on to. Agree. Where you go, streets of Gotham. I don't know if I said at the beginning, Paul Dini, uh, Dustin Wynn. Oh, I think you said Alex. There you go. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about it. Ooh, let's get into it. Here we go. Danger Street number one, Dom King, Jorge, nope. Yep, Jorge Fornes, uh, and uh, Dave Stewart on colors. Um, issue one. Boring as fuck. Issue one. <laughs> uh, Just turning us off lightly there. I will say this because you both kind of talked about it before the podcast and you're like, save for the pod. Um, and I really say anything cause I was having a nice bowl of, uh, easy Mac. Um, but you loved it. So you? I heard you guys talking about it and I will say this. I don't disagree with anything you guys said, but I also, and it might be this weird kick I have about reading some old DC stuff. I was also kind of into it. Well, here's my big issue with it. So we have. Several storylines going on at once, kind of like we just talked about. Streets 24 characters in this book. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of characters. And we switch between first person point of view and a narrator's point of view multiple, multiple times. And the opening and ending of this book is like from the perspective of Dr. Fate's helmet. Okay. Why the fuck is Dr. Fate's helmet the narrator of this story? And not once are they like, well, Dr. Fate's a major part of this story. No, he just happens to be like around for some reason, recounting this story and not even using the characters names. Right now I have like, you guys just read issue one. You haven't read two through five. Dr. Fate was in the whole issue. What do you mean? Well, yeah, he was his helmet. No, his helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying like, I don't need, like, it's just weird how the narration's going on. And he's calling all the people by the wrong name. He's like, the knight and the squire did this. And I'm just like, okay, this is just get. I, I don't know. It seems very Grant Morrison, Silver Agey to me. Yeah. But it's not the part, like, when you get into each section of the story, it's good. But I feel like I'm reading Wednesday comics, like the newspaper. Whoa, 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 whoa. And it like breaks down a segment each month because I'm like, 
if I could just read the whole story of just these two characters, I'd be fine. But it jumps around so much that I'm like, yeah. So I'm off my soapbox. You guys turn. What do you guys think about it? Um, as the first issue, it had parts that I, I was interested in. Like the introduction for all these characters I thought was fine. And then once we got into the next bout of stuff for each of them, it started to drag me out. I was excited to see uh, Metamorpho. He was exciting. And then all that, all the quote-unquote princes build-up was to run into Darkseid and to trap them so that they can become part of the Justice League. And I was like, but why? And when they, who is it who shows up? Who's the giant? Atlas. Okay. When Atlas showed up and then beat the shit out of them, um, well, to an extent. What, what, what were they expecting was going to happen when Darkseid came out? They were so surprised and got the crap kicked out of them until Starbeam or whatever space lasers them and kills them. And I was like, come on. I, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted more from this issue. And then when you get to um, what is Jack Ryder's name? The Creep? The Creeper. When Creeper showed up, I was super excited. And then we got to the Jack Ryder 16 panel or 18 panels of chit chat wall of tech. Holy mother, it took me out of the book. So this book has things that I think I'm interested in. And yet when we get to a point where I'm like, yeah, I, I do like this, then it shoots itself in the foot. And well, I'm looking at the tech. So I don't know. I want to give it another two or three issues to decide if I like it. This one was kind of a, a slow burn and and not the burn I like. Like gonorrhea, that's how it felt. I just don't get how we go from the human target writing style to this. I, I actually have an answer for that. And I will say this. Uh, first off, uh, Alex, the most hilarious thing, uh, holy mother, took me out of the book. It made me laugh. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. So I was reading this, and I was like, this is, even for Tom King, that like this is pushing it in the terms of like out there concepts. Uh, because originally um, – and I did some research. I didn't know this ahead of time. I knew, I kind of knew something. I when, I when I started reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Um, I've read this in a, a DC history book before. Um, but I, I when, when I read it, I was like, okay, where's the inspiration for this come from? It comes from a, a series called First Issue Special where they just have first issues and they would be like, here's a concept. It wouldn't be like they're making an ongoing series. They just were like 12 random character uh, characters that had different issues. And they mainly were like, they didn't have anywhere to, they had concepts in which were like, hey, we got to put these out and make some money off of these, but they weren't strong enough to actually make into something of putting behind it. So they were basically just, hey, put these out there. So uh, Tom King, I was reading an interview with him to figure out like, as you guys said, like versus what's this style of writing, where's it coming from, right? Because I thought, I thought the same thing too. It's like a fairy tale being told, but also you have these characters and Danger Street and uh, like they don't, like there's all these kind of, there's 24 characters, like why is there 24? So I go back and I I, I want to hear why Tom King's making this book. Because if you if you look back in, in here or listen to any of his interviews of why he made certain books, there's usually like a big reason he's been wanting to tell a story for a while, something like that usually. I read in, he said that he didn't know about any of these characters <clears throat> until Brian Michael Bendis was talking about these issues on Twitter or something like that. And DC just decided to like release a compilation, like a compendium of the 12 issues. 
And since Tom King gets free stuff from DC, they sent him it and he said he read it. And he was like, he goes, it's not good. Like there are good things in this, but like it's not anything great. But he said he started thinking about like, what if all these characters, because they were part, all part of this first issue special, like each issue with like one of them is, uh, uh, Dr. Fade or one of them is metamorpho. And obviously those characters got used later on, but then you also have the, um, Ding Brothers, is that what they're called? Ding Bats. Ding Bats of, of Danger Street, and they've only appeared once, uh, that issue. And then they were brought up like in conversation in a different issue of DC, but others they've never shown up again in DC. So that's what you have. You have characters who, like from this, got bigger, and they have these kind of characters who this they're known for that one issue, and that's it. And like it's not even like people are saying that it's good. It's just like that's where they're from. So Tom King read that, he said, and he was like, he thought, what if these all these people, since they're part of the same banner of comics, were in the same place? And what kind of story would that be? So he said he kind of took it as a challenge to be like, let me see if I can make a story out of this. And then the fairy tale aspect of it is because he likes the um, musical Into the Woods. And he said he wanted to add some of that into it. So this very much seems like a very, like a vanity project just to be like, let me try this. And so I like I don't disagree, especially like the first five or six pages. I will agree, and I think you said it, Alex, before the show, you were like, very boring. And, no, it was you, Garrett. It's like, it's very boring. It's hard to get into. Like, and it's very weird. It feels weird. It doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't feel like Tom King, like, number one. I'll tell you that right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think the layouts and how the comics presented feels like Tom King, but the dialogue and, and the narration doesn't feel like Tom King. Um, and then we start getting into it. And when we start getting into it, then it started getting more interesting as we went along. But it's a very slow uphill battle to get there. Um, but I think it was interesting enough. And then uh, finding out like the concept behind it was like, okay, I'm going to read the rest of this. But I will say that first issue for anybody who doesn't just like absolutely love tom king and like or go like oh that's interesting now let's see what he does with this i could see like this not this has a very thin audience <laughs> it's not gonna be that big well based on what you just said fuck brian michael bendis <laughs> does it fucking again <laughs> ruins another thing that could have been good he did dude. like if they he never would have mentioned that there would have been interest in it and they would have made the compendium, and they wouldn't have sent a free one to Tom King, and this book would have never happened. So, because this is another factor of cockapoo-poo. So, I just, uh. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt because there are parts I read in it, and I have read the first five issues that I'm like, okay, this is fine, but it's never gotten to the level of like, wow, that was fucking great. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's only going to be 12 issues, and I don't know if it's going to hit there. So, um, I was going to ask if it's 10 or 12. 12. Yeah, it's still 12. He actually said that he was finished up Rorschach. And he said that all his books since Rorschach, he's been writing as a novel. And he has the book done. The book. Um, his, it's like a novel with 12 chapters is how he writes them. And um, he had this Danger Street done before Jorge even was ready to start doing the art. So th- he said that it's all written. And he wrote it as like a novel. So I think it's going to be one of those like the Rorschach and the um, uh, human target, like we're obviously he's writing for the 12 versus running for writing per issue. 
So definitely be a slow burn, but I feel like this is going to be slower of a slower burn. And with 24 characters, he also said that too. A lot of his books are like one to three perspectives, and this one's going to have 24. Um, as you were saying, Garrett, it does get kind of like all over the place. Like, where are we at now? And sometimes it's very confusing. I like this scene with the lady cop, which her book in the first issue specials is called Lady Cop. Um, uh, her scene where she's playing that card game, I didn't get that at all. Did she kill them? Or did she show up at a crime scene and decide to play poker? Like, I don't understand what that is, what's going on there at all. Uh, so they're almost like that. And I feel like, almost in a way, uh, it almost feels like um, my pain tolerance for Tom King is higher than you two. And so certain things like that, I'm just like, oh, all right. Um, Enough to break your goddamn back. <laughs> but uh, obviously, uh, you two will have PTSD for Tom King. Uh, Garrett with that. And Alex with Rorschach. Um, but I, I actually, like I went into this too. I was like, don't, don't just like it because, uh, like, don't just like it to like it or like it because, uh, Garrett really like set it on a low bar for me and I'm going to be like, wow, this is actually pretty good. I didn't want to go into it with that kind of mindset. I, and when I first started reading like the first, like I said, the first six, seven pages, I was like, oh, this isn't good. This is this is boring. This is slow. It's so hard to follow. And I think it's right after um, that writer scene, Alex. Uh, the the audition um, is where I really started enjoying it. But that takes a long time to get there. And say so, yeah, I that was where the I was almost enjoying it, and then I hit that weird wall and it slowed me up. But I am I am interested enough to keep reading it to see if I like it more than Orchid. I mean. For me, it can't be worse than Orjack. I, I will say, in what I was mentioning earlier, that there's a crossover. Uh, the Creeper was in both issues. The Streets of Gotham 3 and then this one. Mm, good call. So, uh, um, and that, like I said, some of these characters never showed up again. And obviously, some of them I've seen around. Like Creeper, I've seen around before. Um, later, we're going to get to the New Gods. Because um, obviously, Darkseid was somebody who they were looking for as part of this universe if they mention dark side that's because dark side exists um this isn't set in dc continuity this is set in this weird kind of world where um tom king wanted to see if they could exist together so um i'm just I, i'm more horry foreign's art is good enough that i can deal with the story where like he for me like i said i, I can see why people would not like this but um for, now that I found out he like is like what the concept is, and he took it as a challenge, this is my challenge to try to do something with this. I'm kind of curious what happens. Um, if I if he never would have said that and I didn't know that, I bet you I would like this book less. And that might not be a good thing, you know. He swayed me. You know what Alex says? He detects BS and Marvin. I kind of believe it a little bit. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't know, but I I thought the same thing as Alex was like, let me give it. I bought the first uh, five issues. I, I think at five I stopped clocking it. Um, wait, has six come out yet? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. So I, I've been buying them. I just haven't read them and I read the first one. Um, and it did make me regret that, that I've been getting this book just blindly for that long. But also if I would have just forgotten about this, I, I don't think I would have been sad. So that's where it is for me, which that's the harshest thing I ever said about Tom King in the last it. two years. So. Said you could take a move in, so... <laughs> That's yeah. That's the worst thing I said of one of his books. And uh, you're not wrong. It is boring, but sometimes you know what? I, 
I'm if you tell me it's going to go somewhere, I'm going to believe you. So it may take a long time to get there. When I get there, it better be fucking amazing. All right, it better be Mont Fuji, and I'm traveling through shit the whole way there. As long as I get to the end and there's a moment of bliss, I'm in. So that sounds like the book was bad, but it wasn't. We weren't going through a valley of shit. I'm sorry, Tom King. It wasn't a valley of shit. It was. It was more like an unpaved road. <laughs> He's not, he's not there. It's, it's okay. You can say it's shit. It helped us get there, but it was a little bumpy sometimes. All right. Don't worry. The Jorge was there and he made it a little smoother for me. So I did like how the characters look. I do want to say that. Character wise, Jorge Fornes, best in the business. Even those nine page, uh, nine panel grids that you mentioned, Alex, with that writer thing. Even though, like you said, word wise, a slog. Uh, art wise, I'll take it. Looks nice. And Dave Stewart's colors too. Dave Stewart, you when I mentioned Dave Stewart's the colors, that just just know that with that the coloring was spot on. That man's a veteran. That man's a um, amazing. So, uh, well, I mean, I know Marvin, you didn't get it in physical. Garrett, are you getting this physically? No. Okay. No. That's one thing I noticed in this book. This book has that old uh, like. Silver Age pulpy pages. Oh, it does? Yeah. So, I mean, it's got that kind of nostalgic feel to it. That would explain why digitally it looks like that. I was like, why is this? looks like the paper's kind of stained. <clears throat> Which is fine. It adds to, even digitally, I think you can pull that off. But no, not as well as the feel you do. If you're actually reading an issue where you want to go back to old school, it feels different. That's, a net. That's the only thing I miss, Alex. I do miss the feel of some books. Not I still like, like my my room smells like comic books. I love that smell. Marvin, do you miss just like ringing them up, like just a nice roll, like an old newspaper, just tightening and yeah, and I ripping. put it in my mouth and go, "You guys want to hear what a dying giraffe sounds like?" <laughs> <laughs> like that? Yeah, I, I miss the days so. <laughs> WednesdayComics.com. That's where you can go. Subscribe to the show if you feel like it. Uh, uh, I've seen we actually had a, in the last. I'll tell you guys this. I haven't told you this uh, behind the scenes, but I'll tell you this uh, in front of the scenes. Uh, say welcome to some people because uh, we had a little boost over the last two weeks. Not sure what happened, but uh, uh, the podcast world is very weird. If you're a podcast kind of person, sees behind the scenes like I do, it's very weird because you can never tell exactly like how many people are listening. But Spotify did some things recently where they can tell better. And I was like, oh, that's interesting to me. So maybe that's all it is. Maybe you guys have been around since then. But uh, go to WednesdayComics.com if you have and, uh, and haven't and subscribe to the show. I do see some people just listen to it on the web. You can subscribe. That's fine. Um, Alex, just like those comics, you know, you got to subscribe uh, if you want to make sure you get every issue. So don't want to miss out. Uh, WednesdayComics.com, as I said before, so you also can go and click on the <laughs> Website button, bring the merch page. Get some uh, sweet teas. I was wearing one yesterday, the purple uh, Miami Vice one. Those shirts, I'll tell you what, something. Even if you don't like, even if the design is not 100% the selling point, which it should be. Uh, those shirts, one of my favorite shirts. I like the, the softness of it. I like the thickness of it. It's just perfect. Against your body. 
like that B was earlier. That, oh, I was that was wearing that shirt with the B. You think that's where the B went in there? Because I was wearing a purple shirt. Could I be, just think that maybe he's a big fan of Miami Vice, and podcast. or maybe he was trying to put himself because it's our silhouettes. He's probably put him, trying to put himself behind it to act like he was me. So, but he never found the front. You found the back. So, uh, realcomicsandcars as I mentioned earlier, and also go to Roots of the Swamp Thing.com. That's Roots of the Swamp Thing.com, the Avatar of the Green, the old Swampy Wompy. Uh, I would travel through 100 miles of Swamp Thing to get to uh, the Mount Fuji, by the way. So uh, go there, read about Swamp Thing. Obviously, this guy is somebody who James Gunn is interested in bringing more into the DCU. Uh, and so you don't want to be disappointed when. A man in, uh, that looks like a plant shows up, and you're gonna be like, "Is that man thing?" And then somebody next to you is gonna laugh. You don't want to feel stupid. Come on, <laughs> roots of the swamp thing. <laughs> don't go out there and yell, start yelling man thing when this guy shows up. First off, somebody might not know what you're talking about. Might think you're just yelling man thing. <laughs> Two, it's not right. So, swamp thing is a, like fifty to a hundred times better than that man thing would ever be. He's not an avatar of the green. He's not a protector. All right. He's a man of that loves fear, and I I can't I can't vibe with that. Right, Alex? You know what? Respect. Be a protector. Be a plant. Uh, Twitter at the AP Keaton at Karat twenty one eighty eight and at Wednesday Comics. Follow us on there. Um, I was going to post, uh, and I I probably will still. But I did post, I did send you guys that in Marvel Snap, Howard the Duck's going to be in there now. Uh, which <laughs> I think like three months ago on Twitter, I said, at Marvel Snap, I said, uh, put Howard the Duck in Marvel Snap, you cowards. And uh, it looks like they listened. So that's kind, of, that's kind of pull I have. So whoever you want to show up, let me know. Man thing, he's in there. No, he's not. Is he? No, he's not. No, he's not. You know what I noticed, though, Garrett? And this is, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll sign off on this. I did notice that Miss Marvel shows up a lot in the like the opening screen, and she's one of the emoticons you can pick on, but she doesn't have a card. Yeah, that is weird. So, but I but they're probably saving it for when the Marvels comes out. Yeah, that's a good call. Because they just released the Guardians of the Galaxy cards, and that's what Howard the Duck is in there, and uh, Nebula is in there, um, some other people. Uh, so I thought, I was like, and that's disappointing. Why put her in all this? She's in the game a lot. But yet you can't pick her. So Captain Marvel's in the game. Spectrum is in the game, but not Miss Marvel. Yeah, weird. Disrespectful. Saving her is an exclusive. They are. She's gonna be the card for that one. I guarantee you. Yeah. So uh, at Marvel Snap, if that is the case, uh, give her a good power. You can kind of some of the powers recently, like Howard the Duck. Click and see what the next card is. Who gives a shit? Give a is shit. Uh, is Craven in the game? He is. He's a good card. He is. If anybody moves to his spot or to the location that he's at, uh, plus two points. So he's nice. a, he likes to collect. All right? Nice. You know, because he's a poacher. I'm out there in the fields, and I need to get myself a tiger. Nice. Is that how he sounds? Oh, no, he's from Russia. <laughs> he's Russian. He's Russian. Wednesday comics. They call me Marvin. I'm Alex. Yeah, I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone. Uh, enjoy your free comic book day and keep turning those pages.